What up, folks? Welcome back to Love and Grit. My name is Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. Now we're warning you, what you're about to listen to this week's episode, you may want to do it on a full belly because we are about to take you on a culinary journey. Yes, we start with a remarkable story of a pair of Philly twins who have remixed their education background by making the art of food chasing a business. But what is food chasing? We'll find out. Also, if we're going to talk about food, you know it's nothing but the best. Chef Hoon Rhee is what you would call a multi-dimensional culinary professional, which means he knows it all and has worked at some of the top restaurants in the world. We told you nothing but the best for you. But first, around the Philly faves and Justin, what are we doing? Your go-to Philly itinerary. So three things you do in a day. Rachel? Ooh, this is a good one. This is a good one. So, you know, of course, it depends. Is it Rachel time for herself? Is she with the family? Is she with the baby? All right. All right. All right. Okay. 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 (laughs) Look, she has a lot of levels and dimensions. Justin, don't <laughs> roll your eyes at me. Okay. Who is so, she? Okay, how about this? How about this? She, as in me, <laughs> I'm going to go to brunch, <laughs> University City, Louis Louis. I'm mm-hmm. going to then go to the spa at Four Seasons, then going to W Hotel for the wet deck. Whether we want to, you know, have a cabana or just sit poolside or drink a drink. Oh, wait, only three? Okay, okay, I'll stop okay. there. Well, I thought that was four or five. I didn't know where we were. <laughs> well, you know, she, her and the numbers. Laya, you going to... Okay, yeah, I so- was going to invite y'all on my itinerary, but you all not act, so never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> I might be getting do- in the same trouble as you, Rachel, because I was going to say, it depends on what day, what time of day you catch me and See? I'm starting my day. See? However, I'm starting out at Sampan because, you know, you got to be specific with your happy hours and not only do they have the good drink specials but the food specials listen fried rice with an egg on top that's all i'm saying also fishbowl um, drinks too and the fishbowl drinks yes also i'm gonna get on my bike you can ride in your bike lanes it is a very fun experience you can take that to ben franklin can you put a camera on your helmet (laughs) (laughs) i want a camera so we can see her wait (laughs) last but not least i i end at what am I? All, everything involves food with me. I don't care, y'all. I end. We don't Sil- judge. We don't I, judge. I end at Silk City because I never know who's performing on the left hand, and then the food they stay open until like right. twelve a.m. Yes. on yes. the right. So did you leave the bike and then walk over, or where's you the can bike? park those bikes this? now everywhere? They got oh, those- I can park my bike everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're really smart, you do it on a scooter. Oh, a bird scooter. Yeah, you get you a bird scooter, and you can alleviate all that bike stuff. Have you done an electric bike? by the way i mean i have i did a wheels the ray j brand yeah i have Mm -hmm. i mean it's a real different experience you feel real good out there you feel real lazy (laughs) i mean you said real good real good (laughs) all right jay what you got what you got so you gotta go to the barns because it has the greatest collection of impressionist art in the world that's a good one and then i think ours is food and drink food and drink drink, no no then we're going to south philly barbacoa (laughs) okay okay for Christina Martinez tacos. And then I want to go to like Valley Green and like do a nice hike. Okay. You know, you're still after in the drinks. city. Yeah. Okay. Hiking after tea. Y'all see what we're doing here, right? Drinks hiking, drinks bike riding. Drinks yeah. lounging by the pool or at the spa. Or <laughs> the age of 21, over the age of 21. Yeah, you know Be safe. You, you know your limits. Look, I'm telling you, our loving friend on the road, we stay because there's plenty to do. Plenty to do. Yeah. Are we ready to get this started? We got to get this started. (laughs) (laughs) If you're still listening, we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) That part. 
So let me tell you a story of a pair of twins, Dr. Maya and Dr. Kayla Johnstone, who always had a love and passion for cooking since they were young. Yet somehow, of course, we'll find out, they both became Philadelphia school principals. However, that didn't stop their passion for celebrating all kinds of cuisine. Word has it, the twins would use their free time to go on food tours throughout the country, then come home to Philly to cook the dishes they had studied. This practice led to their moniker, the Food Chasers. The practice has now turned into a full-on catering business and restaurant. And don't get it twisted, these now retired school principals continue to integrate education with their current business by serving children and schools in underserved communities. First of all, I just want to say we can see you and you look very young. How are you retired principals? That's true. <laughs> because we don't have any kids. <laughs> so that adds years to our decades. But as principals, you did have kids. You had plenty. I'm sure we need to go to those students and get some stories from them about you guys. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> we always say shout out to parents that work in school and go home to children. I don't know how they do it. It was enough for us. We started right out of college. So we always said we should have made the decision to have children before we um, became <laughs> teachers and principals. Because after that, it was like, oh. Smart living. Yeah. Gorgeous. What do you guys think about Abbott Elementary? Oh, we love that show. It's a favorite part because, again, I did 20 years in the district. Right. Uh, memory sucks naturally. It's just, I just have a bad, all of us do, I think. So speak for yourself. You got a bad memory. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's a part in here for this boy. What? What's the mentor name? Oh, yeah. Oh, Shelly Ralph. Shelly Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. So, nonetheless, so a boy comes up to her in a parking lot. He's happy to see her. He said, You changed my life and so on and so forth. And she's all into it. And then when she walks away, her little mentee's like, Oh my God, this is what I mean. Thanks, you change people's lives. She's like, I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Philly. And she so was like, And he's a bus driver. To me in the market. And I'm like, we talking thousands of kids by this time. So, and then they come up to you 15 years later. You're like, come on, Because <laughs> what, because what grades, like what, were y'all elementary school principals, high school, middle school? Middle. She was always okay. middle. I did um, elementary and middle school. Oh yeah, you can't, mm. you can't. Those kids don't look the same. They don't look the same. <laughs> Mine and our schools were always close. So if I don't have my kids running up to me, I got her kids running up to me. They're staring like, yeah, you're not hurt. <laughs> it's fascinating that y'all are twins and so close and both doctors so close in so many ways. Was it like this from the jump or was it the way y'all were raised that encouraged this? We tell people Kayla can't eat fresh tomatoes. That's it. That's the only fruit. That's the only thing that separates us. I can't eat fruit. Wow. I can't. Was food like a thing in your family? Is that how you guys got into it? Have you always gathered around the table? And no, like, our mom was one of those people. You got food at home. You got food at home. It was no so, ordering out. Yeah, so what that means is find something in that refrigerator and eat. Yeah. Cook dinner every night except the weekends. But she cooked for us. And then like on holidays, our grandma, or Aunt Cora, it was yeah. just always cooking. My mom did not play eating out. Until we went to college, she retired. She was like, oh yeah, y'all grown enough to cook. So when we would go home, she would make us cook. And my dad would be like, so babies, what's for dinner tonight? And I'm like, you're not uh. even feeding your husband? Like we gotta do that part too? <laughs> my mom retired and I get it. She had four kids, I get it. And y'all the youngest, so yeah. But so now, now she comes to the oh, restaurant. She comes here. Oh, she gonna hear it now. But it's like, because our brothers work in the kitchen with us, and we nickname her like the worst customer. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday afternoon is our busiest day. And she'll come in like, 
Can I get sliced brioche toast, slightly butter, bacon? We don't have bacon here, mom. Can somebody go get it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we want to say so bad. You got food at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to ask because I feel like, let me just put a disclaimer out here. I kind of know a little bit about y'all through Quincy Harris, who, of course, media personality who went to high school with you guys. Yep. But my question is, when did y'all take it next level? Because he was talking about how y'all used to go on like Guy Fieri food tours. And I never even knew about this. We made, it, it, up. made it up. It wasn't real. It wasn't real. We made it up. So we used to watch the show during the school year to plan our vacation. Him and Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray used to have this show back in the day called $40 in a day. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So we used to write down her and Guy Fieri places that they said they liked. And that was the only way we planned our vacations. We didn't care what else was in the city. We went according to the food that was in the yeah. city. Yeah. Have you been on Rachel Ray? No. Oh, you know? that in universe. We could pitch you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> What else you got? <laughs> oh, I got a couple. Oh. I'm like, y'all been on the third hour with Chanel yet? I don't know. I'm just oh, saying. No, 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 no. Come on. Sonny Anderson. Come on. Oh, this is dope. So can y'all tell, I'm, I'm just curious because I'm an amateur foodie, but I'm curious as to what was some highlights on your Rachel and Guy Fiera, uh tour? I I'll tell you one. We are in <laughs> West Virginia. The sticks. The oh. sticks of West Virginia. We heard about some buffet there. <laughs> Hillbilly. Like, and this is 12 years ago, y'all. The sticks of West Virginia. <laughs> Maya and I, you see us, we loud city slickers. <laughs> we walk in. And I swear to God, it was like a scene from the movie. It's like, and everybody just turned, like, white men with long grandparents. And everybody just turned and stared, like, how are they doing here? We're like, pass the plates, pass the plates. Was it good? It was, it was good. It was good. It was good. We was on like a budget. We were teachers then. We stayed at the Red Roof Inn that night. Moments like that were like, yeah, that was it. That was a highlight. We went in a two-door Pontiac. Let me be honest, because she's leaving a part out. We were supposed to go from Philly to the West Coast. This one has always loved. I like Oprah. She lo 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 loves Oprah. So she was like, Maya, we need to take our shot and drive to Chicago first. I'm like, but that's up. We just need to shoot across. And she was like, but I think we're going to run into Oprah. <laughs> What are the chances of How you do that? Yeah, how you do that? Well, this is my thing I always say to my, it's not like I said, let's go to South Dakota looking for Oprah. It's Chicago. Like, chances are high. You may bump into Oprah in Chicago. It's not like it was South uh, I wonder how high the percentage is. I don't. But okay. Apparently, <laughs> Oprah vacations in the summer. As we stood outside her studio, and the security guard came out and, Yo, you went in the summer during the hiatus? <laughs> 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 oh my goodness this is an amazing journey so how did you decide to open a restaurant what made you say we can do this and the timing is right with everything else that was going and still going on in the world she'd been ready to go another oprah story oh lord about 14 some years ago she had a show on vision charts 14 years ago we sat in my bed when we made out a menu for a restaurant we would teach. Can I just interject right here and want you to continue? Everyone's talking about this now, manifesting their list. Everyone's been writing stuff out and they're just telling us all now. The part about manifestation is doing the work. And we didn't realize. Yeah. Like, oh, we're watching this open show. Oh, yeah, we yeah. get all hype. We're going to write out our dreams and it's going to happen. <laughs> well, no, it didn't happen. 
for 14 years and you didn't apply anything. So people have to manifest and then you have to work towards it. A little bit. You got to do a little something. A little something. All right. You hung on my wall. It never fought, it fell off. That's I can see y'all picture. It's still up to this day. That's a true story. And um, so, but we were like, we can't do this for teachers. So we just went over our lives. And then during the pandemic, we started fulfilling more catering orders. See, they were like, you ever see a cardinal? That's an air. Yeah, our friend Alicia told us, that's your angel visiting you. So we never saw a cardinal. So we get this catering order on August 31st for a doctor's office. And as we were fulfilling this order, because our dad told us we should be caterers decades ago. He, yeah, loved, he was on it. He yeah. loved our food. When our mom gave up on us, he. <laughs> so he, he told us we, and we ignored him. So as we're cooking his food, on his birthday, a cardinal lands out back, and I grabbed the picture of it. Yeah. It stayed. Wow. The funny thing was, he was gone for eight years at that time, and we never saw a cardinal. And when I saw it, I just immediately cried. It was staring at me through the window, and I just screamed like, oh my God, like this is a moment. Her back is to me. She goes, do you see a cardinal? Wow. She was like, let's quit our jobs. <laughs> so I had that moment. I was like, was that a moment for a reason? And it played on me for months. And then a few months later, I was like, it's now or never. Like, I have mm-hmm. to chase this dream. Returning back to work, you know, after COVID, it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot. It you was, know, the restrictions, trying to keep everybody safe as a principal, Going back to school to, you know, get kids standardized tests. Ooh, girl. Do I want to do what someone else wants me to do, or do I finally want to do what I feel like we were called to do? It should be mentioned that y'all kind of, I call it y'all Jill Scotted y'all business for a second. Meaning that people didn't know what you look like, right? For a reason. Jill Scott did an album and didn't show her face for a reason. She didn't want people to be all in her face. She wanted it to be more about the music. Y'all did something similar with Food Chasers, right? Like for a minute, people didn't know it was y'all. For eight years. years. Yeah. Okay, a long minute. As we talk about being a Black-owned business, right? And we know that Black-owned businesses definitely contribute to the economy. They drive innovation. But we also know the inequality when it comes to funding, helping, supporting. When we talk about wealth, I remember the African-American Chamber of Commerce, they distributed a study where Black families would take 223 years to catch up to the wealth of a white family and everything that we know is associated with it. What has that been like for you, all of that? Let's talk about that for a second. So, we were naive, so we would love to help future entrepreneurs, especially in the restaurant space. Maya and I have good credit. We make six figures. We go into our bank that we were in. Like over um, 20 years. Over 20 years at the time with principals. We're like, yo, we need a loan. We won't open a restaurant. Well, we didn't say it like that. Kind of. Right, right. <laughs> we, we you were principal, so you had your pitch yeah, proposals. You knew how to speak. You chat, chat. You knew what to do. Yeah. Go ahead. They get me what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you're not going to just get a loan like that. Go make a business plan. You guys are principal. You have no space in a restaurant. And we're like, we ran schools. Schools <laughs> in the hood. Like, <laughs> we can run a cafe. Like, you trust me on this one. That's it. We can run the Quote, world. unquote, cafe. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Go do a business plan. Fine. So we go do our, our business plan. It took us a few months, but while doing the business plan, we did read that women receive 2% of the right. available money out there. Capital. And 
women of color receive something like 0.0010. I'm so glad you added that part because we know time and time again, when folks are like, well, you know, I'm a minority owned business and da, 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 you know, I'm a woman, I'm a woman. And it's like, wait a minute. So we got to have to have a couple more check when let's say black woman. And what yeah, does that yeah. mean? But go ahead. Sorry. We, we received that much less. So we do the business plan. We take it back to them. This time he left. It was like, you're not going to get this money. You know, you know yeah. Then we like, went to another banker. He told us stop going because nobody's going to get it. So he missed all the other banks. He was like, well, as far as I'm not going to give it to you, citizens not going to give it to you. He, he was at one bank, but he pretty much told us, Everybody else is not going to give it to you neither. You don't have the experience. And we're like, okay, we're asking for money. We understand that may be too much money to ask for. However, can we get some of the money? Y'all can look at our bank account and see we had some money. You know what I mean? And you can check our credit. Then you can see how much we make a year. Because at that time, we weren't going to necessarily leave our job. We were going to try to do it all in the beginning at the same time. But it didn't work mm-hmm. out that way because we didn't want it to. But we did not get conventional money at all. We didn't get it. So we did a crowdfunding called I Fund Women. What's cool about them, unlike other places, you get a mentor and you get the money as it's coming in. Like you don't, you don't have, have to reach your, you don't have to reach your goal. And you don't have we mm-hmm. we surpassed our goal. So we raised over twenty two thousand dollars with them. And then our mom, she came through like the whoop. She yeah, mom came was like, so, so mama can order whatever she wants and somebody go get her bacon or whatever else she right. needs to get in the store. <laughs> right. that, that's the moral of that story right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lightly toast that bread. Okay. We take her best friend out to dinner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, as she should. Yeah, but I mean, if it wasn't for the iPhone women's site and our mom was clearly as a woman of color, we would not be where we are. Yeah. We wow. Can. You just had a situation with Pepsi, right? Where y'all did this whole digital... Oh, Pepsi gave us $10,000 grant. They're going to put $100 million into black restaurants restaurants over the next five years. Mm -hmm. So we were able to get a grant through Urban League and Pepsi, PepsiCo, for $10,000. Like, we had unpredictable growth because people were like, you're not going to make money for your first three years. That wasn't our story. Yeah, our community, Our people support us. heavy. They do. Because y'all only open for like four hours a day. So shoot, the fact that y'all getting it in like that. I'm scared to be open eight. <laughs> Tell everybody where the restaurant is and how and to your find hours. you. And lift up the food. Here you go. That's what we're trying to get to. Y'all need to understand that this is not your average fish and grits. I know you had your mamas, your aunts, your grand, everybody, grand, and your daddy and your granddaddy. This fish and grits has extreme jumbo lump crab meat. Mm, sitting that's on the top. biggest lump crab meat. It's the lumpiest. I close my eyes because I don't want to see it no more because I it ain't oh. right. All right, so that's catfish grits with lump crab meat. I think I'm about to cry. This is salmon cheesesteak with fried shrimp on top. Oh, and come on. That's the catfish hoagie. I'm gorgeous. <laughs> you ladies are amazing. We're going to see you again you. soon. Just want to make sure we get in our nonprofit. This year, we're going okay. into Philly school. All this y'all see, we want to make sure our kids get to eat like this too. Money is not given to schools to give kids incentives for having perfect attendance and being on honor roll. That's fundraising or principals paying out their pocket or teachers paying. So we want to get them some crap. So we want to get in schools and we want to make yeah. sure they deserve it. Just for the record, 
We have some pretty impressive chefs on this show. However, methinks Chef Hunri leads the pack and it's all about the credentials, baby. He has done it all in this industry from line and pastry cook to bartender and barista and a bunch of stuff in between. We should also mention Chef Hunri is a level one sommelier. Listen, this is why his proper title is multi-dimensional culinary professional. A first on this show. All this talent has led him to become the new executive chef of the food and beverage operations at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Oh, and one more thing. He's Philly born and bred. So wait, did you come up with that title yourself? Who came up with that? <laughs> I have no idea. I leave that to the experts at our PR firm. I just, I'm well, in the back just busy th- cooking. They know right? how, they know whoever you work with, they know how to tell a story. Yeah, I, I leave that to the experts. They don't let me out front too much. You know, they keep me in the dungeon. <laughs> so what's it like to be in the dungeon of the Philadelphia Museum? Right. It, there are times, you know, I was just interviewing a cook and I was walking down our hallway and it felt like I was in Hogwarts a little bit. Oh, um, wow. You just look up and it's just a huge building with such great architecture and artwork that every once in a while when I get to look around, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Can you tell us about your Philly beginners? Like what kind of Philly kid are you? My parents immigrated here in, I want to say, 83. I was born in 85 up in Temple Hospital, kind of moved all around, lived in West Philly at 56 and Walnut for a little bit, moved out to Upper Darby, kind of all over, and then settled mostly technically in Philly out near Overbrook Farms, where I spent most of my formative years. I bleed Midnight Green, Kelly Green, Red, White, and Blue. If I understood the rules of hockey, I would bleed uh, <laughs> orange, white, and black, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I love the city. Met my wife here, went to college here. Parents still live here out in Germantown. So it is all Philly all the time. Did you always know that you wanted to be an executive chef? I did not. To be honest, cooking is something I fell into. I know a lot of chefs, you know, grew up and they were like, oh, you know, on Sunday suppers. I had none of that. My parents were just scraping by, working their butts off, trying to make it happen for us. My earliest food memories were going to Sizzler or going, you know, like going to Olive Garden, going to... The Wendy's Super Bar back oh, when that, they used that to have that. That buffet was amazing. Say, it wait, was. wait, City Wendy's Line Center? Avenue? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. City Line Center. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, they used to. So, yeah, just growing up, like, you know, my parents couldn't afford much. So my mom would just make the same thing every day. I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong. But what it was, was it? Piece of fish, fish, rice, some sort of broth. I know people will think of Korea as this superpower in Asia. Up until the 80s, they were an agrarian society. My parents both lived on farms. My mom has like these crazy stories of her just trying to survive on the farm. They ate very simply. So it wasn't until I got older and started trying new foods, being like, what is this? Like, this is amazing. Oh, I've never had anything like this. Mm. Um, How do you, I wonder what was the first thing you were like, okay, what is this? You know, it's uh, this is kind of embarrassing to say, but it was wasabi mashed potatoes. It's a little weird now. Like a lot of people consider it tacky now, but at the time, I was like, what is this? First of all, the, this mashed potatoes melted in my mouth. It's got this kick to it. So yeah, and I went to college. I had tiger parents. So I think finally being out under their wing, I was lost. I almost failed out of Penn. I just did not know what to do with myself. They had laid this path out for me. And being out from under them, I went kind of buck wild. I'm sure they didn't want you to be a chef or in the cooking business. Oh, no. They wanted the holy triumvirate of lawyer, businessman, or doctor, right? Like like any good immigrant parent, they did not come over here to work their butts off, working a second job late night at Dunkin' Donuts just for me to go 
back into the restaurant industry, right? They were like, no, manual labor was what we did, not you. So being at Penn, I just didn't study. I could not focus. I could not sit down and read a textbook. And so while my friends were having study groups, you know, I should revert back. My sister had kind of done a lot of baking when she was in high school. And being a younger brother, she looked at me and was like, all right, I'm going to put you to work. So, you know, I learned a little bit there. So that kind of sparked the interest. And then college, I decided, you know what, instead of studying, like I should be doing these study groups, I'm going to make some food for snacks and stuff like that. People started to be like, hey, this is pretty good. What uh, would you make? Was it like for you, a study group? Like give me your notes and then I'll yeah. hook you up with the food? It was just simple stuff. Like at first it was just like cream puffs, you know, the powder shoe filled with cream and ice cream, handmade pasta, stuff like that. I was always like two hours late. I never understood timing <laughs> early. So people would study and be like, all right, we'll come back when you're actually done. <laughs> and I would go back. And eventually I started taking it really seriously. I took a food class. I met a chef and this was my freshman year. I was just asking, what's the food career like? Even sent out an email to Craig LeBan to ask him what it was like being a food critic. I just, I knew I wanted back? to work in food. Yeah. And the chef actually, it turned out, was like, hey, why don't you go talk to my friend? He's got an Italian restaurant. His name's Mark Vetri. Yeah. And he was like, why don't you go what's called a stage? Basically, just work for a month during the summer. And I walked in and it happened to be that crew where it was Mike Salamanoff was the chef. Joey Baldino was in the back doing pastry. Oh my God. This is like the all-star crew. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember- Were you nervous? Not, Did you know to be nervous? No. I think it was just, I was so naive that I was just like- Right. Because right, you here. just get into it. Yeah. I'm just like, let's do this. Some like, really you didn't know Mike great. was going to open the best restaurant in the world. Yeah. Actually, one of my key food memories was from him. I had never had a fresh oyster before in my life. And he was teaching me how to shuck it. And then he was looking at me and he was like, you know, these are so good, right? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and he, he had this look of disbelief. He like, have you never had an oyster before? And I was like, no. Immediately shuck one open, gave one to me. No oyster has been the same. Because if you don't have a palate for an oyster, I'm like, did you know when you after you ate it, that it was still the best oyster ever? No, I was just like, wow. He was like, yeah, that's really good. Right. I was like, yeah. You know, it's that first time. Nothing yeah. beats that first time. Yeah. Especially when and, Mike Solo is shucking it and feeding it. To yeah. Him. So from there, you know, it just took off. My parents still weren't thrilled, but I decided, you know, after college, I'll go to culinary school. And that's how it all started. Wow. Have you fed them at the art museum? Once they heard, oh, you're, work you're the chef at the art museum, then that kind of like, oh, this is kind of a big deal. Oh, like he's kind of made it a little bit. Wait, um, this is the first big deal to them? This is, I mean, even all the other restaurants. I get it. I got terrible. I, I get it. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, I think they just don't I know, right? I think they don't follow the food news. They don't go out to eat. Okay. I guess working at the Four Seasons was actually right. their first. My mom was like, oh, I know the Four Seasons. And so being the chef at the art museum, I think something, you know, again, my parents were more about the education. So anything to do with educating. So for them, the museum, I think is a big deal. They also know the first six months that I open any restaurant, I disappear just because it's so hard. And so oh, they know the wait. We're lucky to yeah. have you because you're really like in your height of. Yeah, I mean, it's the first year is always hard. Any chef will tell you the first year is extremely difficult just because you're, you know, you're doing everything for the first time. You don't have a year in the past to be like, you know, what was it like last year, especially coming out of the pandemic where the museum and we're all guessing as to how many people will show up. We have no idea. 
so what's the process like developing a menu? Yeah, you here you are at a museum. Right. So I spent the first like month or two kind of I didn't touch the menu. I just wanted to see the crowd, see who came in, and a lot of our guests are members, people who come in every week for their lunch. And so you know they don't always want anything quote unquote fussy. They just <laughs> want their sandwich or they just want you know a simple quiche. At the same time, I was noticing there were people who were there for special occasions. People who wanted something—I don't want to say elevated, but something with a little more thought to it, maybe. Okay. And so, what I decided to do was kind of do it half and half. At the end of the day, what chefs are trying to do is just make their guests happy. They want them to leave feeling fulfilled and satisfied in their ways through food. So I wanted to do that. So we still have, you know, a grilled chicken sandwich. We still have our quiche, a simple chopped salad. But we also have dishes that have a little bit more—I wouldn't say creativity, but a little, mm-hmm. they're a little different dishes that you normally wouldn't expect. That you know, you want to go out and you know, for a special occasion, and say, "Hey, this is really neat. This is not something I can always get." I'm Handle reading both. about your your sweet corn soup. It looks it looks amazing. Yeah, thank you. Whenever I, I read ingredients, I read it like it's sexy. It's like puff corn and rice. Honey brown butter, ice <laughs> house, tagarashi. I've probably said that wrong, but you know, yeah. oh, Chef, it's, it's, just, it's like how every time we were talking about you know upcoming guests and how she would say your name with a tilt of the head, and I'm like, um, I think you could just say you know, I don't no. need to tilt your head with it. Not with food and chefs because it gets real sexy. It gets real sexy. That's all. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, this is this your first executive chef position in Philly, right? Yeah. Uh, period. Period. Okay. I'm I'm super grateful to the Art Museum and Constellation Group for going out of the limb, taking a chance on me. So get in your head real quick. Like, what does that feel like being from this place? This is your first executive chef job where your parents live, where everybody that you grew up lives. Like in that fancy title. I'm sorry. I'm I'm stuck with that title. I'm like Like, restaurants, cafes. You do. I mean, you're doing it all under this umbrella. And sommelier. And some, yes. oh, we didn't even get, we, we, didn't, we didn't, even, didn't talk about that. They're serving wine at the art museum when we, when we Oh, of course. It is a little weird. I knew I always wanted to come back home during college, kind of the end of college when I first started dating my wife. We knew we wanted to come back, which was weird to me as a Philly guy, because my wife was like, no, I like it here. And that's the Philly in me was like, why? Like, what's your She's deal? not from here. Yeah. She's not from You're here. She's Y'all- not. She's from Northern Virginia. So Philly I was like, people oh, never appreciate. Yes, one of us. What's, oh. what's your deal? Like, Philly people yeah. don't never appreciate how dope they are. It's so funny. No, yeah, we're just go, like, yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What, what are you getting at right now? What's your, <laughs> what's your, what's your motivation? Um, yeah. Um, so we knew we always wanted to come back. You know, we've always had that chip on our shoulders, right? Growing up, whenever someone was from Philly, you know, wow, there's one of us yeah, right. out there. You know, I remember growing up, nine or ten, one of my friends was like, "Yo, I just saw this, this dope show." On South Street, these two guys, Amir and Tariq, and, you know, this third guy, Malik B, rest in peace, Malik B. Um, they're like, you know, they call them themselves as like the Square Roots or something, but it's like a band or rap. I, I don't get it. And now you see them on TV every day, right? I remember a friend of mine who, not from Philly, he was like, wow, people, they've got a little swagger to them now. Like, yeah. after, like Listen, when you left, your, your, your town is now a food capital. It's a food right. mecca. Like some of the top chefs come from Philly. It's- yeah, we always have been there. I don't think it's been nationally recognized. Right, right. New. right. exactly right. right. But it is weird now to kind of be talked about as, you know, one of the top food towns. <laughs> Again, it's this weird. I'm just like, 
you guys know you guys don't know what you're talking about it's this defensive yeah i know what you're talking about because yeah. i felt that way when the eagles won like obviously we wanted it so bad we were so happy but it just was like we spent our whole lives like just being disappointed yeah so- it is nice to see all that hard work pay off a little bit when you're in New York working 14 hours a day and you're just kind of in that rat race and you're just hoping, hey, like, I hope I make it somewhere. It is nice to look back on that 10 years later and be like, hey, you're doing stuff. Besides the art museum, what are some of your favorite spots in Philly? Come on. Oh, man. I, um, I thought he was going to say a spot because you have great skin. Like, real, about- like, you have great skin. Like, oh, I'm thanks. Saying, uh- <laughs> yeah. But you can um, give us and you can give us a throw a cheesesteak spot in there, too, because mm-hmm. we know you like all levels of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I mean, it, it really honestly depends on what I'm in mood for. Um, I think when it's like eating out, like at a nice restaurant, I like to either go to Friday, Saturday, Sunday or a mm. kitchen. Um, those are some really um, I know Chad and Eli, so I'm a little biased. Um, I think they're just great chefs. Um, cheesesteak. I'll either go to Angel. I live a block away from Angelo's. Oh, so it's, yeah. And then mm. I'm also a five minute drive from John's roast pork. So I'm uh, a little, okay. you know, I'm a little, uh, I can't there. get me a chicken cheesesteak, neither one of those places, but that's fine. yeah. Um, <laughs> this one likes a seafood cheesesteak. I'll still, I'm still, oh, no. chef, chef, are you for the seafood cheesesteaks, whether it be a salmon or whatever? Are you, what you, what are you, where are you at? Where are you staying? I have no comment oh. on the seafood. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese and seafood is yes, no, it, it is Just boring. A, you don't have to put cheese in the actual cheesesteak. It's actually you don't. Ha- it doesn't come with cheese all the time. Listen, okay. if it if you think it's good, I'll try it one day, and I'll get back to you. Okay, I'm gonna introduce um, you to the can food we go chasers. With you can we? Yes, we're gonna we go introduce you to the food chasers. No, because I don't want to see. I don't want you to see my initial reaction. reaction. I gotta, I gotta okay. sit on it first. Think okay, about then, it, process it. Yeah, process, process it. it. During the wintertime, I love getting a bunbo hui from Cafe Diem. Ooh. Again, I'm a half a what block What do you like to do? From... What do you like to do in Philly? I'm a dad, and so I don't old do anything anymore. Um, my kids are, one's about to turn one in two oh, months, yeah. and my older oh, yeah, one yeah. is three and a half. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You don't do oh, anything. Never mind. I don't do anything. My goal now is as soon as I get out of work, it's how do I get home as fast as possible? Oh, yes, um, I mean, I think most chefs will agree that one of the hardest things to do actually being a chef is have a family. Power to my wife. She has been a rock for our family. The nickname for chef wives is chef widows because it's basically like being a widow. Wow. Because um, we're never around. If you Ooh, think about the yeah, hours that we work, you know, yeah. when everyone's playing and having a normal life, we're working. It's, okay. you know, kind of the inverse. And then when we're of- sleeping it off, you guys are buying products for that night. Right. Right. And so it's just family time. The places I've been going to have been mostly, you know, the usual kid spots. Smith Memorial is great for mm-hmm. those families out there mm-hmm. that are listening. Their new renovation has been fantastic. Going to the Philly Zoo, obviously always great. Please touch. I mean, there's a ton to do. It's one of the reasons why we moved back to Philly because we knew you could raise a family here and, you know, keep, keep your shirt on without losing it from paying in New York. But yeah. Now you're the executive chef at probably the most iconic building in Philadelphia. Wow. The steps that Rocky ran up as you... you oh uh, yeah. God. I mean, it's now that you say funny. that out loud, now it's like starting to hit me a little bit. That yeah. is a little bit weird. I can just point over there and be like, Daddy works there. Okay, so y'all, you want to know what I learned from today's show? What? What did you learn, Boo? A, a lot, but more specifically, that no single people shouldn't look to date chefs. 
Yeah, that's a good point. That was like, well, it was it was interesting when he first uh, mentioned his wife. I, I wanted to ask like, what does his children think about you know what he does and all that. And I was like, you know what, something was like, don't you know until unless he mentions the kiddos, right. don't even go there. And then yeah, 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 yeah that was a lesson. That was a life lesson, kids. Uh-huh. Rappers and chefs. It used to just be musicians. Now it's musicians and chefs. <laughs> I'm sure you could add to that list. Yeah. yeah. And athletes. I'm sure we can. Okay. Yes. <laughs> On another And episode. lawyers. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go for it. Follow <laughs> us on the socials at Love Grit Philly, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.